Merry Christmas, everyone. Thanks for joining us at home on this Christmas Eve. We're so excited to have you guys. We thought we'd kick things off by taking it all the way back with a Christmas classic from 1954, the Christmas Waltz. From Orchard Hills living room to yours. Let's get things started. Christmas and welcome to Orchard Hill Church. Welcome to our at-home Christmas experience. We're so thankful that you've invited us to spend this time with you tonight celebrating Christmas. Uh, normally at this time you'd be walking through the doors, maybe grabbing some coffee or some hot chocolate with some whipped cream. We'd be finding our seats, we'd be shaking hands, maybe giving hugs and, and sharing some laughter. And unfortunately that's, that's not happening this year. And, and we grieve the loss of those experiences and the loss of so much in 2020. Uh, we really, really miss you. But, but we are hopeful that this can be the start of some new traditions in your family and some new traditions here at Orchard Hill Church. And we're excited that we get to spend this time with you. Uh, we may feel like we're apart and, and we're not together, but we are not alone. We are here celebrating the birth of our Lord and Savior together. So let's get started right away. Would you please join us as the band kicks off this service with a couple of great Christmas songs. 
Merry, Merry Christmas, everyone. Thank you so much for inviting us into your house, into your living room. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Brenna Lance, and I am the junior high student ministry director here at Orchard Hill Church, and I cannot wait to sing all the Christmas songs. Christmas songs are my favorite during the season. December 1st is when I started. You love music. I mean, you love listening to the whole yes. Christmas albums. The whole Christmas albums. I mean, Nat King Cole, Ella Fitzgerald, Lauren Daigle. They do such a good job, the whole thing. I think my favorite thing is the Christmas treats, the mm. cookies, the snacks. I mean, so much good food this time of year. My name is Jeff Mickey, by the way, and it is a privilege to be able to be with you celebrating in your homes. Thanks so much for inviting us in to share Christmas with you this year. Um, I know that some of the young people, maybe the young at heart, are a little bit concerned about what's going to happen with Santa, with COVID and all this other stuff, but evidently coronavirus is not a big deal for Santa. Do you know that? No, I'd tell me more. Well, evidently he's got a really good private elf plan for his insurance. <laughs> <laughs> I also heard, by the way, you should know that he's not using chimneys this year. He's, he's actually going to use front doors. Evidently he got stuck in a chimney last year and developed a really bad case of claustrophobia. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't know quite what to say to that dad joke, but I'm going to take a hard turn. And on that note, Orchard Hill Church is one church with three campuses. We have one here in Cedar Falls, we have one in Waverly, and we also have one in Grunny County. So if you don't know any of those times or services, go ahead and head to orchardhillchurch.org and all the information is there except for maybe more dad jokes. No dad jokes, fortunately for you, but what you will find too is, is, um, is, is this great information about all the ministries that happen here at Orchard Hill Church. Um, one thing you should know is that this service, as well as everything we do here, happens because of people who give generously to support the mission. And if you would like to do that, you can do so at orchardhillchurch.org. And we just want to say thank you for all the people who have given so generously throughout 2020 and you continue to support the mission of Orchard Hill Church. Yes, thank you so much. And on top of that, uh, at Orchard Hill Church, we are pretty traditional. I mean, every Christmas we do candlelight service, and we also are known for our big family photo booth that we do. That I know a lot of you put on your Christmas cards, um, and you put it on your refrigerators, you put it around, but this year, it's not gonna happen. So what we ask is that you just go around the house, grab all the candles that you can. We're gonna use that later on in this service. And then for the photo booth, grab your cameras and just take a fun selfie, whether it's in your nice dress up outfits that you would wear, or even in your Christmas pajamas. Um, make sure that you, uh, you know, do it around your Christmas tree, add some lights, and when you post it on Instagram or Facebook, tag us at OH Church. And we are so excited to see all those pictures, yeah, right? I so hope we get some pictures of people doing the candle lighting since we don't get to do that together this year. So please, please, please post some photos for us to be able to share. That would be uh, fantastic. And also, throwing the pets in there. I mean, the dogs and the cats have a chance to make it in this year's picture. Just don't set Fido on fire. That would be bad. So we, we've got a great service plan for you. Uh, Dave has an incredible message of hope to share with us. We've had some uh, good friends of ours at Orchard Church record some incredible music. I just know you're going to love, you're a music lover, you're all going to love this music. We're going to sing some songs together as well. And before we do that, would you please pause with me and join me in a word of prayer? God, we thank you so much for inviting us to share this night with you, to celebrate with you the birth of your son. God, he came at a time when the world was really dark and there were a lot of people who were being oppressed and we, maybe more than ever right now, can relate to that darkness and that oppression. 
with what we've experienced in 2020. Now we are in our, in our homes and we're separated and, and we're apart from each other, but yet we come together through this experience, this shared experience tonight to celebrate. And we just ask, Lord, that you would, would bring into our lives right where we are the same hope that filled the world on that first Christmas morning. Jesus was born in that manger. God, thank you so much for the gift of hope and the gift of life that we have in Jesus. It's in your name we pray, amen. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. And you will conceive and give birth to a son. And you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who is said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother, Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. That when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up to the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. 
But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Breaking through the silence with glory in the highest. Of all creation resting in his mother's arm. A song on the horizon ringing through the heavens. The long awaited Savior come to set the captives free. Set the captives free Come set us free Yes. 
Hope has a name, Emmanuel, the light of the world who broke through the darkness. Come if you're broken, come if you're searching, if you need healing, he's where you find it. This song that we just heard is a perfect summary of what I'm hoping to communicate uh, in this service. Hope has a name, Jesus, Emmanuel, which means God with us. Thank you for inviting me into your homes uh, I've been praying for two groups of people who are watching or listening to this. Group one are those who are listening, uh, and really it's most of us who could use a little more hope in these difficult days at the conclusion of 2020. Things for this group have been hard, things have been different, but this group is basically okay. Just a little more hope would be good. It's a lot of us. Some of us are celebrating uh, a Christmas celebration for the first time ever without our grandpas and grandmas. Some of us are uh, uh, together but working hard on social distancing and some of us planned on social distancing but then the grandkids showed up and grandma was there and there were all these hugs and kisses. One young mom said, I just threw up my arms and said, well, grandma's gonna be grandma, which is okay. And I've been praying for a second group of people, people who will hear this, who desperately, desperately, need some hope. You're watching or listening, uh, maybe alone, maybe with your family, but really nobody knows how desperate, how broken, how empty, how filled with pain you are. You don't even have words for this. You might appear just fine on the outside, but that's not the truth about you right now. I know the place of brokenness. I was there six years ago at Christmas following a family tragedy. And I've been praying that something in this service would help you feel a little more hope, a little more of God's presence. Though you feel alone, though you feel like no one knows the dark in your, how dark your life has become, I want you to know, I believe God is with you. God knows, God sees, God cares. Hope has a name, Emmanuel. God with us. We've come to remember and celebrate the birth of Jesus, which is a story filled with huge amounts of hope. It's a story overflowing with hope.
which takes place in dark circumstances. Let me point to just a little of the hope we find in the story. There's hope in the fact that Mary, the mother of Jesus, hears the angel declaring God's plan for her, and Mary responds, I am the Lord's servant. May it be as you have said. She hears God's unexpected and unusual plan for her life, and she trusts God in hope. Then there's the hope found in Joseph's obedience to God to take Mary as his wife. His first plan, after hearing of Mary's pregnancy, was to divorce her privately as honor would require. But then he listened to the angel, and in spite of all of his unanswered questions and his uncertain future, he took her home as his wife. He trusted God in hope. When the angel in the sky proclaims to the shepherds, I bring good news of great joy, which shall be to all people, the shepherds take in the message and take an action of hope. They go to see the baby and the parents, and they tell the parents just what happened in the sky. And here we have normal, ordinary people finding hope and taking action, trusting God. Darkness was everywhere in that first Christmas story. It takes place in troubling times. A scarcity of resources, no room in the end. Health challenges, traveling cross-country on foot in late pregnancy. And there was death and fear as King Herod ordered the death of lots and lots of male children trying to kill Jesus. Hope in the midst of darkness is so much a part of the beauty of the story of God's Son in a manger we've come to celebrate And I don't need to convince anyone that our world needs more hope right now. We need hope because many of our families, far more than usual, are celebrating this Christmas without a loved one who has passed away this year. Just today, on our church prayer line, listed four families who asked for prayer because of a family death. And that's just in our congregation. The empty chair in our homes and our Christmas celebrations is crushing. Just last week, I spoke with a man who had lost his mother-in-law. He told me how much it hurt his entire family. And then he said this, it will be a different kind of Christmas this year. I've never had a year when so many of my friends are celebrating the holidays following the death of a family member. And if that is your family, I am so sorry for your loss. But there is hope. It was six years ago that we had our first Christmas holidays with three empty chairs without my son, Ben, and two grandchildren, Charlie and Bailey, all killed in a tragic car accident. I remember the pain, the emptiness, the brokenness. I remember the urgent need to find hope somewhere. And we need hope in our world because we face a pandemic and so many financially stressed Jobs insecure, many of us feel so alone this Christmas with abbreviated and different celebrations. One example is all the people who will be seeing this at home, uh, in their homes rather than coming to a building to celebrate together. Our doctors, our nurses, our first responders, our police, our fire, our teachers, our parents, they all need hope. So I want to try to answer three questions on hope. Uh, Number one, where does hope come from? Number two, how do I increase my hope? And number three, how do I stay hope-filled and share hope with others? Uh, 
Here's the first verse, the verse I want you to see about where does my hope come from? May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. This verse says, the source of true hope is God who sent his son to be born here on earth to die for us and to conquer death. God's spirit whispers hope within each of us. The source of true hope is not good health or strong relationships or money in the bank or a long life or an effective vaccine or even the joy on the face of a child opening their gifts. It's not. Those are horizontal places where we often look for hope. We, all, we desire those things. Those things are all good things. An effective vaccine will save lives. Strong family relationships bring joy. Money in the bank buys food and gives some security. A child's smile warms a room. Those are good things. But they're not where you find lasting hope. Hope starts right at the manger, which we're remembering in this service. It begins with Jesus. Hope has a name, Jesus. Hope has a source, God. Hope has energy and power, God's spirit. The verse names our role in increasing hope and finding hope. We're called to simply trust. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. Trusting just a little. Then I can begin to overflow with hope by the power of the whisper of the Holy Spirit within me. God's spirit within me helps me trust and helps me hope. Now that sounds simple, but it's not. We're not talking about huge amounts of trust, like you're the Pope or one of the disciples or some kind of a spiritual giant. We're talking about little glimpses of trusting God. I can trust God for the next 10 minutes. I can trust God in this one circumstance I'm facing. I can trust God with this one relationship that's gone sideways. I can trust that Christmas is a true story. I can trust that this week. I can trust that Jesus knows me and loves me and died for me. God uses my tiny steps of trust to whisper hope into my life. The impact of a tiny bit of trust is huge with God. Remember Jesus said, faith the size of a tiny seed will move mountains. So we trust just a little and God whispers hope and that hope is forever. So where does hope come from? Uh, the source of hope is God and only God, and my part is to trust just a little bit. And the second question, how do I increase my hope? Here's the verse I'd like us to look at. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. So what does that verse say about where we get our hope, how we increase our hope? It actually says that we need to look to the scriptures to um, find the story of God at work. And that God will use his story in the scriptures to whisper encouragement and hope into my soul. So what do I do to increase my hope? I give God's story my attention. Just by participating in the service that you're participating in, you're increasing your hope. By singing the words to the songs we're singing, 
by listening to the story that you just heard, by feeling the feelings of awe, by picturing Jesus in the manger, you're doing your part that God's spirit will whisper more hope into your life. If you read the Christmas story with your family or stop before a meal to pray or even watch a Jesus Christmas movie or listen to some caroling or go for a walk and look at the stars or look at the Christmas lights, that will be an encouragement to understand and give your attention to God's story. Oftentimes, when my hope quotient is getting low, I've lost my focus upon the story of God. And I don't see how God's story relates to my difficult circumstances. What this verse communicates is that hope comes from seeing myself in the midst of God's great story. Let me ask you this. How would you answer this question? What is the biggest, most significant story going on in our world right now? I can hear lots of answers coming. One answer might be, well, it's obviously the COVID pandemic, thousands of deaths, or the huge economic needs of our people, or the nationwide battle for racial justice, or the transition of political power, or the vaccine, or the food lines, or family celebrations. Those would be good answers. But here's the truth declared in the scriptures that will add hope to our hearts. The biggest story, the truest story, the most important story, really is the one we celebrate right now. God created the world. God sent his son, Jesus the Christ. Jesus died on the cross for me and for you. Jesus conquered death. In Jesus, we have hope. Tonight is not a time out to take a break from reality to celebrate Christmas. No. Tonight is a night when we actually give our attention to the most true story in the whole world. And it's important. And we've already been told the end of the story. For those who love and trust Christ, we will one day be in heaven with him forever where everything will be made right. No more sickness, no more tears, no more injustice, no more pandemics. No more broken politics. No more racial injustice. There will be amazing family reunions with people we love in heaven. That's the big true story. Hope has a name. Emmanuel, Jesus, with us. One more thing about God's story. Have you ever noticed the power of a picture? A picture uh, tells a story. A picture is worth a thousand words. A picture brings up a memory, creates a feeling, describes a reality. Here's a picture I love. This is a picture of my grandkids last Christmas. And um, I love that picture because uh, it, when I look at it, I see they're growing up and they're funny and they're smart and they love God and they put a smile on my face. A picture has power. As we remember and celebrate God's story, we need to see a picture in our minds and our hearts of how we are personally a part of his story. I remember the first time I was uh, at a youth conference and I was a youth director and I took some kids to a conference and the speaker stood up and said, I want you to know something, God has your picture in his billfold. Now, if they were doing a youth conference today, they wouldn't say that. They would say, I want you to know something, God has your picture on his phone. That simple thought helped me personalize the story of God. 
for myself and for those students. Today, we would say God has your picture on his phone. And I think the scriptures teach this. The story of God includes this. When God created the world, he had billions of people in mind, and he had a picture of you in mind. I believe the scriptures teach that God is big enough and personal enough to have several billion people in mind, and also just to have you and your life and your loved ones. You are important to God. He knows you. When he gave the gift of Jesus to the world at Christmas, God may have been thoughtful of you and your life. When Jesus was dying on the cross and his motivations were flashing through his mind, I believe a picture of your life could have been on his mind. God's story takes on hope-giving power in my life when I remember that God is awesome and incomprehensible. He is bigger than my imagination could ever grasp, but he's also incredibly personal. He knows your name. He knows your thoughts. He knows your fears. He knows the number of hairs on your head. This helps me increase my hope. And I hope it does yours as well. He does have your picture on his wall in heaven. And one day, when we pass over to heaven, we will be greeted eyeball to eyeball by Jesus. And when he looks into our eyes, we'll know he totally knows everything about us and he totally, totally loves us. The last of our questions, how do I stay hope-filled and share hope with others? Great question. I'm glad you asked. Here's the verse I'd like you to take a look at. 1 Peter 3.15, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Here's a question. Who do you think asks me most often where my hope comes from. Who asks you most often where your hope comes from? For me, it's me. I ask myself often, where am I going to get the hope needed for this day? Where's my hope? as I meet with this family who's burying a loved one? Where's my hope as I'm walking with Jeremy, my son, through his cancer? Where's my hope as I'm walking with our family through a different trauma? Where's my hope when our Christmas celebration is so abbreviated this year? Or my loved one has COVID? Where's my hope when I'm deeply saddened, when I'm deeply saddened thinking about Ben, Charlie, and Bailey who died? It's true for me, and I bet it's true for you. I bet you're the number one person who asks you about where does your hope come from. And as we're thinking about uh, keeping our hope, we need to understand that we need to know that answer for ourselves. So when we ask ourselves that question every day or every week, we have an answer ready for ourselves. Where does my hope come from? And then I need to answer, just like the verse says, with gentleness and respect. I don't need to be beating myself up. I don't need to be hammering myself. But I do need to know the answer. And the answer might be a phrase. God has this one. 
or God cares about this, or God is with me in this, or in my case, I often whisper, I surrender, God, you take charge. Or it might be an impression or a mental picture that you have. Some of you might actually get hope by picturing yourself in God's big, strong hand. Some of you might find hope picturing yourself with God wiping a tear away from your eye. Some of you, a picture of Almighty God with a sword defeating your enemies. For some of you, it might be as simple as a baby in a manger who came for you. I don't know what would work for you. I don't know how you need to answer yourself, but I know you need to have an answer ready first for yourself. What is that part of the true story where I'm involved in this story of God? What is that place that I will really feel comfort and hope? Hope has a name, Emmanuel. We need to trust God and give uh, his story our focus and our attention, and we need to know how we're a part of that and how we'll answer that question. We need to be ready to answer for ourselves and others. We need to desperately need to remember where our hope comes from. Hope was born in a manger, died on a cross, and waits for us in heaven. Let me ask you one final question. What is your reason for hope? In your life, where is hope going to come from? I believe you're participating in this service to celebrate and remember your answer. Let's pray. Dear God of hope, please fill us with all joy and peace as we trust you a little bit as best we can. Help us overflow with hope as your spirit whispers hope inside of us. Help us remember where true, lasting, forever hope comes from and that all of your story is true. Thanks for Jesus born in a manger who conquered death for us. He's our hero, our redeemer, our leader, our God. And Father, the two groups of people that I mentioned, those who need a little hope and those who need a ton of hope because they're desperate for it, be very near them tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Long lay the world in sin and death.
the time to light our candles at home and uh, this has been such a powerful and important part of our service for years and years and years and uh, we wanted as best you can for you to be able to do it at home and as you light those candles and you pass that light from uh, one person to another person I want you to think about the hope that's found in the light in the darkness that even as you light one candle and then pass that light on, that, that you're creating the possibility for the Holy Spirit of God to whisper hope into your life as you see that light. Go ahead and light your candles.
Thank you so much to all those who helped put this together and put this on. Thank you so much for joining us. You know, a couple things stand out to me that were true that first Christmas that are just as true today, as Dave pointed out in his message. You know, uh, that first Christmas, the world was very dark, just like it's dark in our world today. And at the same time, God sent hope into the world through the gift of his son. And he's doing that very same thing for us right now in this moment, continuing to send his son to bring us hope 
May you grab hold of that hope, and as you do, may it start to spread and fill those around you with hope as well. Have a fantastic Christmas.